On today's show, we're going to dive into our preseason primer on guards and wings in the 2023 draft, including our personal prospect rankings and more. Part two are released next Saturday on the forwards and bigs, featuring our evaluations on a plethora of dynamic interior talent. Overall, over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll make mention of 25 to 30 prospects we have our eyes on. Here at the next, it's not just about the Aaliyah Boston and Haley Jones of the world. We strive to pinpoint the best talent across all of women's basketball, all over Division I. Lots of women's basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We're closing on 1K subscribers. We'd appreciate it if you gave us a follow over there support our 724-365 coverage on the sport we all love. I'm joined my co-hosts, M. Adler and Joshua Welch. M is a beat writer for the, for the Seattle Storm, in addition to their plethora of work at the Nets. Joshua is found at ENFP underscore hoops on Twitter, and he's a women's basketball content creator, covering everything from overseas basketball to what we have in the States. So we're going to get into our first segment on the guard prospects of this year's class. So specifically with the guards, we have some top-end talent such as J.C. Sheldon, someone we interviewed a couple weeks ago. We're just, we're just going to go through our some of the prospects that are in contention to be drafted this year um, from the top down, and we'll do the same with wings a little bit later. So first we have J.C. Sheldon, five foot ten guard from Ohio State. The main intrigue with her is her ability to get to the rim, super crafty, um, excels in transition and a fast-paced Ohio State offense that spreads the floor. The main questions are her defense, but she's super interesting, and in this class, I think it's an upside gamble. I'll send it to you first, M. Uh, we, we touched on her previously, but just give the um, pitch for her as well. Yeah. I mean, the pitch for J.C. Sheldon is the number one guard in this class. And to people listening who say, what about Diamond Miller? What about Jordan Horston? To be clear, we're differentiating between guards and wings, where, at, where Miller and Horson are listed at guard on their team's official rosters. These are players who are going to play the three, maybe even the four uh, in the W. We're talking about guards, players who are probably going to play mostly the two um, and handle less responsibility out on the wings, more above the break. So, I mean, J.C. Sheldon, th the first thing you notice with her is the athleticism is just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. The amount of leg strength she has, the way she can hit pivots, hit crossovers just off of one leg in a way that it takes even the best players two steps to take is. She has such good instincts um, for just taking any shots. I mean, when you talk to her about like the shot charts that, that I found before, it's so analytic friendly. And, she, you know, she had no idea. This is just her natural game is to get to the rim, score as efficiently as possible, relocate on the perimeter and just hunt open shots and attack defenses in holes. She has the athleticism to make that work. She has the shot making to make it work. And she is going to be playing in, in the W. Hopefully she's going to be playing on teams that have bigs that demand more attention and point guards that help open more shots than she does at Ohio State. And I know you're lower on her, Joshua. On, on Joshua. Um... So what, what do you think makes her, uh, I know you're higher on Charisma Osborne. What do you think the pitch is for Charisma Osborne over J.C. Sheldon? 
Yeah, I, I'm more anticipating that Osborne's going to have a better roster around her this season. Uh, she had some injuries where um, she was over-relied upon and everything. Now they've got uh, an elite draft class coming in, uh, Kiki Rice, for instance, and everything, uh, where they're, they're going to be a fun team to watch, and she's not going to have to overexert herself. Uh, really like her game. I, I think she's got a, a great jump shot, is able to drive to the basket, play solid defense. Uh, yeah, that's more what I'm seeing, uh, what I want to see from Sheldon. Uh, for the season and everything is just how she improves on defense. Obviously, the, the jump shot's amazing, uh, but that's where I would want to see her improve uh, to move her above Osborne. And it's also worth noting that Osborne was playing on a UCLA roster that had a lot of injuries. I think it was like their top three bigs were all out to start the season. Yeah. Players were expected back in November and literally basically never played the season. There were wings in and out. They had so many injuries. And Charisma Osborne herself had, I believe it was three injuries, like a couple ankles or like a concussion, something throughout the year. Ones where she got an injury. There was one time in, I think, January or February, she got an ankle injury or a, or a lower leg injury, missed the next game or so, then came back into the next game, played well, and then got injured again midway through that game. The, the amount of health that she was going to have this year, both, you know, herself and her teammates is really going to elevate that play. Definitely. But we saw some of her flashes towards the end of the season against South Dakota State, which was one of the more pro fun prospect games I've watched this season. There was just one highlight where she took a handoff on the baseline. Like, she thinks she crossed from her, like, offhand or her dominant hand. Then I think she, like, got downhill, uh, drew a help defender, and just sling, just, like, just wrap around pass one-handed. I just think her shift and just, I think she has a lot of versatility on and off the ball. But the main problem we've seen with her, though, is just, I think, just her efficiency. We haven't seen her uh, stay consistent, which can also be her role in, on, a, on a UCLA team that's kind of struggled recently. But I think I think what we kind of see with her is, like, I, I've used this comparison before, but I think there's some overlap between her and Nia, Nia Cloudon. Uh, just high-usage players. Uh, both went first round, had a large burden on their on their hands. Uh, during the college career, I think Osborne can kind of follow follow uh, follow through in that um, as a prospect. No, and looking at Ohio State, like just going back to Sheldon and everything, I feel like she has support uh, that Osborne did not have last season. Like Taylor uh, Mikesell is, is a, has a great shot and everything too, and everything. Not as much of a complete game and everything, uh, but other players they can go to and everything to. And uh, Madison Green, like just different players they can go to and everything. I know she didn't play last season, but um, yeah, uh, it's it's a little different um, in Osborne's case and everything. And I'm hoping she takes the next step. I'm anticipating it uh, with having uh, other pieces around her and everything, and she's able to stay more in her game and everything. Madison Green is a really fun name that I'm excited to get to uh, later after uh, the ad break that's coming up soon. But I, And she is someone that I think is really not getting enough attention nationally. But, Josh, I, I do want to say I do have a first-round grade on uh, on Charisma Osborne. I have her with a mid-to-late awesome. first-round grade. Although I do – Jason Sheldon, for me, has a back end of, a lo of lottery grade. I have her, you know, mm -hmm. around that range this year. Where do you have them? I have a Charisma Osborne at 6. And Sheldon? I have her at 10. Ooh. So I, I have Sheldon at 4 and Osborne at 6 as well. 
I think those are clearly the two best, two best like ball handling guards in this class, traditional guards, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we can move to our next players. We could just kind of go through down the line. Just, just there's a lot of players that are vying for a first round spot and to get drafted as well when we get towards the end of our list. Let's start with who I have at fifth ahead of Osborne. <laughs> Any guesses? Mm, is it a transfer? It is a transfer. Is it undersized? You could consider that, but I think her ball handling uh, negates that and she'll perform well in the W. Look, I'm just playing 20 questions here. Is she now in? <laughs> is she now playing at Upstate New York in one of the best conferences in the country? She is, yes. Is it Deja Fair? It is. It, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so awesome job. But yeah, I, I just think uh, when I look at players that I think are going to be efficient in the W, um, I want players that contribute in multiple ways. If someone is having an off-day shooting-wise, how are they able to contribute to their team positively? Uh, and other aspects and everything. And I just think she's uh, top tier in, in passing, uh, the way she plays defense and just how she leads her team and everything. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see her play uh, in the ACC, like you mentioned, where there will be some top level competition uh, where she'll really be able to prove herself if uh, she belongs in the W and if she can be uh, a top 10 prospect. Where are you guys at? I have Fair at the end of the first round at number 12. Uh, I agree a lot with what you say there, but I don't think she's like a top five prospect like you think she is. I just think with the height, I just think with the height, it's kind of tough to uh, pro- project that out. I know we've seen players like Tamika Johnson and then um, who, who was the other player? Uh, who was the other small uh, player? It was a Jackson rookie had? of the year, actually, in uh, Crystal Dangerfield. So yeah, Crystal Dangerfield, can, yeah. you know, succeed with that height. <laughs> just messing but like the thing with her, I just think she's like she creates so much space on off on on the ball specifically. Uh, for height, it's super it's super important just to have that uh that advantage pathways because with some small players, we'll just see them get like like kind of stuck in areas where she she can kind of just use her speed, um, high processing of the game. She doesn't really turn the ball over often either. So exactly. yeah, I think it's like a good it's like a two to uh two to one. I think it's like a yeah two to one assist turnover ratio. So it's pretty solid there. Yeah, I think she has really good processing ability there. I think her shot making, but not just not just being able to make the shots, but being able to understand where the spots on the court are that she should be going, and knowing, you know, contested mid-range pull-ups are not what you want, especially at that height, but step-back threes, drives to the rim to draw and help and kick. I think she's done really well in there. It's... I like the MAC as a as a conference, but it's hard to evaluate people against defense there. When you're coming to the ACC, there's a there's a lot of backcourt guard defenders. You know, there's some underclassmen who are gonna be interesting next year. I think in p- people like uh, Georgia Amor, Deja Kelly, both very good backcourt defenders. But there's one backcourt defender that Deja Fair should see guarding her a lot that I'm really excited to uh, watch the matchup of. It's someone who I have also in the first round of this draft, but I think. And I'm, I think I'm just excited to talk about her once we come back from the break. All right. So coming up shortly, we'll continue our look into guard prospects in 2023 WBA draft. Kind of what M mentioned there. We have an um, interesting person from uh, North Carolina, actually. But first, let me tell you guys about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is your go-to for daily fantasy sports. 
Uh, if you are familiar with price picks, it's a simple process. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their price pick projection, you can win up to 10 times on your money on any entry. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit, match up to $100, with promo code locked on. You deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price pick will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit matchup up to $100. $100. Thanks for making Locked On Wins Basketball your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local team experts and analysis only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's get back into our preseason primer. I'll immediately send it to you, M, to give the pitch. Yeah, so we talked about the top two guards in this class, J.C. Sheldon, Charisma Osborne. I think most people are going to have them mid-first round, mid-second round. You're going to see their name pop up a lot. You're going to see DHF Fair's name pop up a lot. People are going to be really interested in what she can do. And here's where we get to after those three names we get to the sort of weird portion this is where you're not going to see a lot of agreement i know all of us are wildly different on the players we're about to mention yes. <laughs> so blair it is before the break someone who is going to probably guard deja fair is duke uh off ball guard combo guard celeste taylor she's 511 she's got length she knows how to use it she's i think she's excellent defensively she knows her way over and under screens she knows how she knows how to get her hands on balls she knows how to stay in front of drivers and really just contest shots all over the court. She makes up uh, for a team as really good communication. And on offense, she's she has the physical tools to be a good driver. Her jump shot was, when she started at Texas, her jump shot was, eh. Over the past three years, the numbers have gotten better every year. If they keep taking up, she could be a solid spot-up uh, three-point shooter. This could be just your classic three-and-deep point-of-attack player. So I have her with... Uh, Probably a late first round grade. Not sure if you guys have looked at her. So I really like her, like you said, defensively. And then also off the glass, like I thought she was pretty efficient rebounding for a guard. What I'm really concerned about is the shooting. If she fixes that, like you said, she's improved. If she's able to improve on that, she uh, moves up drastically and everything. I have her just outside. Uh, but that's just going off of her shooting. Again, I think her defense is that level and everything, but uh, just want to see her take that next step. And I, I think they have a really talented roster, and that's going to really help her as well. So what about you, Hunter? Yeah, I, I wasn't as high on Taylor for my – I haven't seen as much as M, obviously, but um, I don't think her passing – I'm not – I wasn't as high on her passing ability. I don't think she's a lead guard necessarily. Um, uh, I think a couple of things I noticed was her, with her passing was, like, she would get in the air with, like, no plan at all. She would just kind of get up in the air and just just threw it in no man's land. But I, I need to watch more before I say like she's a first rounder because I don't I'm not really there yet. But she's probably draftable um, for sure. I think a team can take on a should take it should take a risk or take a it's not really a risk. But you should take like a, a bet on a five eleven guard slash wing that can defend and uh, shoot a little bit. There's gonna but be plenty next- material for us. So. <laughs> couple more players here as well. Um, next up for me is Zaya Cook. She's She's got a lot of upside as well with her scoring ability. Inefficient as well, as we've seen with Charisma Osborne. Not as good of a passer, though. Um, 
She struggles to finish at the rim is one thing I've noticed with her game. But she has a lot of hype just playing for South Carolina and that fan um, engagement. Where do you guys view uh, uh, Cook? I'll send it to you first, Sam. I will agree on the hype, and I think I do agree with some of the hype, because when you watch her, if you catch one of her good games, good lord, she looks like the best scorer you've ever seen. But, oh man, those, I mean, you can just look at the box score and it tells the story. There are games where she'll go 3 for 14, the next game she'll go 7 for 9, and all of those shots are just incredible shot creation. Her handle, her physical ability, her three-pointer just like off the catch, and her, her form on her shots is just excellent. The problem is, her pull-ups, they're a little inconsistent in, in her form, and it leads to accuracy issues. And the shot selection is, it's really rough. It's really rough. A lot of that, I don't want to say a lot of it, but certainly some of it, at least, is due to the fact that when you're playing for South Carolina, every time you drive in the paint, there's at least like two bigs who are blocking your way to the rim. But still, the instincts for those for the pull-up contested middies is, it, it's, it's rough with, with her consistency. I, I have her as like a mid to late second rounder, and I, I want it to work. I want it to work, because good Lord, will it be good if it does. Agreed. Yeah, I, I just think there's so much potential. Like, I want to keep her in the first round, but there were just too many games, like just watching the film and, like you said, just looking at the box score and the overall stats for the season, where it, it just didn't line up with a, a first-round pick. Like, the, the potential and talent is there. Like, I, I remember, like, the NC State game from the beginning of the season. She had a really, really good game. Uh, there's just times where sometimes she's the best player on the court and other times where um, she's more li uh, liability shooting-wise and everything. So I'm hoping she takes uh, that next step this season where I, I think she's going to be more relied upon uh, with Henderson leaving uh, after last season. And I have I have other guards. I have other, you know, either like off-ball guards, two guards, whatever, who have inconsistent offense, but their defense redeem can redeem them. For Zyaco, exactly. I think it's pretty rough there. I have, But I have someone who I've been tweeting about lately, as you guys know, and Shaylee Gonzalez. She doesn't always have the best shooting nights, but athletically, uh, you know, she was a BYU, she's going to Texas, athletically, just excellent. She sort of goes back and forth between just wild pick-and-roll plays where she'll beat two defenders and then hit a dump off, a no-look dump off to the roller. And sometimes she's just not doing much. But defensively, she has excellent help instincts for help defense. And I think that is something that I'm seeing with a number of guards in this class is whether or not you can provide some help defense really separates you. Celeste Taylor, um, Shirley Gonzalez, as I mentioned, Madison Green at Ohio State. These are players who can do that, and that really moves them up. So I'm just going to run through a quick list of players. We can give like a, we can give a quick pitch to move on. But here are some other like draftable or just interesting prospects that we need to consider at the guard position. So first we got Ashley Owusu, 5'11". Um, she doesn't really have a position, I would say. She's just a big guard um, for Virginia Tech, transfer from Maryland. We also have Grace Berger from Indiana, seasoned veteran for their squad. We also have, like you said, Madison Greeny. Um, we have we have um, Wanisha Lockett from Toledo, one of the better mid-major prospects. Elite finisher at the rim. Like I think she ranks 84th percentile in terms of like rim finishing. Excels in transition. Other just Great three-point shot, too. Yeah, just that those that combination is just something that we have to continue tracking because she's got a couple big matchups against Duke. I know we're excited to see that uh, when she goes against uh, Celeste Taylor. 
Um, yeah. Um, I mean, starting off with the Wusu and Burger. I mean, these are these are just very exciting players to watch. Um, su- surprisingly, they are both two A players for, for for the different kind of hype you get on them. They're both, I think, pretty impactful on both ends. I I I do just sort sort of want to want to run through that. I have. I have a Wusu probably with a high second round grade. I want to see what shows at Virginia Tech, including her defensive role. That'll dictate mm-hmm. a lot for me. Josh, what you got on her? Uh, I have her uh, late first round pick. Uh, yeah, just another team where, like, I just really think she's going to be able to gel uh, potentially better than she did at Maryland. Like, I, I really like that Virginia Tech roster, and she's going to be able to be really creative and be herself. Uh, I like Taylor Soul. I, I like Elizabeth Kitley. I, I think that team is going to be an ACC contender, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun seeing what she's able to do. I, I think she's going to grow even more as a passer, uh, having those weapons. And I think uh, we talked about Miller a little bit. Uh, actually, we talked about her a lot, but um, just her having a, an offseason, uh, I think, uh, affected Owusu as well. So having multiple players uh, to go to at Virginia Tech, if they're healthy, it, it's going to be great. Yeah, uh, uh, the next one on that list, we, we had Grace Berger. I think she's a really good processor. She feels the game so well on both ends. I think there's a little more to her game that needs to come along, a little more shooting, a little more driving. I have her right now with sort of a late second round grade, but if she develops this year, that can shoot up quick. What about you? Yep, same area. I have her at like a low third round, uh, but if she can develop her game, it, it just feels like she contributes well for her team, but I don't know... Uh, if she would have a role in the W, and I'm, I'm just curious to see, again, a, another talented roster that could have multiple um, WNBA prospects. So uh, just curious to see how she works out in a, a really talented Big Ten. Nice. Speaking of the Big Ten sp- and speaking of Ohio State, as we were before, I don't know if you've seen much of Madison Green because she missed last year with, I believe, it was a knee injury. She was out all year. But, I mean, the year before, like I said, before she had good help defense. She's she's really good athletically. She can make some shots. I want to see what she is off the injury, and I want to see how she works with a new and improved J.C. Sheldon. I'm hopeful that I can slap a mid to late first round grade on her. It's certainly possible, um, but really anywhere from late first to mid second is r- what I'm seeing with her. Have you got a chance? A little bit. Like I want again, just people who are coming off injury, especially miss the entire year. I, I want to see what happens and everything. And I'll be honest, uh, I didn't think they were. Uh, draft eligible this season, so I was looking way more at Sheldon uh, than at Green right now, right now. So that I'm going to be watching her as well as Taylor Mikesell. Uh Was a little one-dimensional with like her three-point shot, but if she's able to develop, the, there could be a role for her as well. Just so many um, players, like so many teams that have multiple players that can put up really good games. It's just about being consistent in multiple areas and which players are going to step up and make those improvements to be a legitimate draft prospect. Yeah, and speaking of shooting, two players that I'm pretty high on, um, just just to round out our list of guards, two players that I'm pretty high on, I know I've seen at least more than you guys have. Hannah Jump at Stanford, Maddie Nolan at Michigan, these are two off-ball players, just pretty much just pure shooters, who have unbelievably lightning-quick releases, uh, just unbelievable shooters, shot above 40% last year, really difficult shot diet, they were basically their team's only reliable spot-up catch-and-shoot threat. I have both them with a late first-round pick um, grade. But I know, Josh, that you, in terms of uh, Lockett, as you mentioned before, that's someone I haven't seen. What makes her so good in your eyes and so interesting? 
And again, like just players that are going to stick out to me are just players that just contribute in multiple ways. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think she has the potential to do something like what Kirsten Bell did, just taking advantage enough of her opportunities against um, tougher opponents and, and showing out. Like, like we mentioned, she has that big game against Duke. Uh, she's just someone that has the ability to officially drive to the hoop and has a lethal three-point jumper as well and um, has been solid defensively. Just, again, a complete player, and um, she's my uh, top-ranked mid-major player. She's in the like late second round right now, but if she steps up in uh, those opportunities that she has, uh, I think she'll be on more people's dra uh, draft boards. So after the break, we'll cover a short list of uh, more wing prospects, such as Ashley Joanne's, uh, I think it's Jones, actually, Ashley Jones and Maddie Williams, to name a few. Okay, and we're back. So we'll start off with uh, Ashley Jones. We've seen her get some hype up into the lottery. I'm not I'm not totally there. I think she's a more of a second-round prospect. Um, she's a spot-up shooting threat. Doesn't offer, offer much off-ball utility. Uh, 17th percentile is a cutter, which is... Kind of concerning when you consider that's a wing that you want to play off your stars, just someone that can't really attack the rim at all. But I think we see some similar stuff with uh, Hannah Jump. She's she's had like seven possessions this past season where like she was a cutter, which is like nothing in a Princeton offense. But the main thing that separates like Jump from from Jones is just the um, versatility with her off ball offense. Just can run off screens. We see with her ability to just like explode for shots. She's not as like slow and methodical with her movements. I think she's just really, really fluid. So where are you guys on like Jones, for example, who's getting this lottery hype? I'll talk so, a little form uh, quickly, just in terms of that difference there. Um, for me, I just expand on what you're saying in terms of the versatility. You can see it when you're watching it, and it's often hard to verbalize it. But what it is with someone like Jump or someone like Jones, Jones has obviously a size advantage, um, given that she, you know, she has an inch or two on Jump. But Jump has the ability to catch and shoot in a way that she's doing into one fluid motion. The same way she like bends her knees to catch the ball, she just turns the basket and then pushes right off those knees to, to fire it. Ashley Jones, on the other hand, she's someone who she'll catch the ball standing straight up, and then she has to let, then she has to hop and then shoot. It takes longer. It makes the shot a little bit stiffer. It also means that, of course, defenses can close out a lot quicker. And also, Hannah Jump is just Hannah Jump shot nearly thirty six percent, I think, on a lot, a lot of attempts from outside twenty five feet. Like those are really, really long threes. Ashley Jones has some range beyond the three point line. But Jump's ability to bend the defense on and off the ball and her ability to get open uh, just because she's just quick enough, it, it changes things. Do you have to add with that, Joshua? And both of you are going to hate me because both of you really like Hannah Jump, and I love her shot. Like, right now I see her more as, like, a three-point specialist, but as far as oh, me beyond that, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I need to see more of a sample size in other areas. And I think she's going to get that opportunity with Stanford and multiple players graduating. So I, I just want to see how she develops in those other areas. If she's able to be, uh, you know, at least average uh, on the defensive end and uh, contribute in the passing game, uh, I think we have something there. But for right now, it, it's hard to grade her too high uh, if all we've got is the, the three-point shot, which does have a role, but how much are we able to do with that? 
Yeah, given her current uh, abilities, she's got to basically be hitting like 43% in the W just off the bat if you're looking at a player who's going to be high in the rotation. Exactly. Yeah, with sharpshooters, there's a lot of margin for error because that's their number one skill. It's like it's like a kicker in football. If they're not making if they're not making kicks, there's no point. There's no point of having them <laughs> on the field. You just just go for it on fourth down. But another another person I would consider another sharpshooter is Abby Myers, transfer from Princeton to Maryland. She she at least offers some more utility with her cutting. But what do you think like diff, like what makes her a better prospect than than Jones or Jump, or what makes her a worse prospect? I'll one of you guys get started with uh. So what do you think like? For, for me, for Myers, it's just how she played defensively. Um, I first really saw her uh, in that uh, Kentucky game in the NCAA tournament. Like, she just uh, stood on her own and everything. Like, she just really stood out to me as a prospect. And whenever she played bigger opponents, uh, looking at other games on film, she was just still able to play her same uh, solid two-way game and also contributed rebounding and everything. I just think she's one of those complete players and right now is a late first rounder who could potentially develop uh, to even more of a, a bigger prospect uh, with how she succeeds at Maryland. What about you two? Uh, I think there's a lot of skill here. I think in terms of the shooting and the versatility, she also has the ability to score in the mid-range. I want to see, I want to see some, uh, some, some more get into the room than maybe she had at Princeton. There are some different schemes they played there. Maybe it didn't open as much. I think, it was a good offense, though, and she plays within the structure of an offense quite well. She's not just a shooter. She can put the ball on the ground and get it to open teammates. She actually runs pick and rolls as a true wing, not just a shooter. And, you know, Maryland's going to Maryland's gonna give her opportunities, and it's going to give her uh, real, like, really strong defenders on the wing and at some of those schools. I'm excited to see what happens. Exactly. And that's a, another point, the passing game. Like, defenses having to be honest, not only with you potentially driving to the hoop, but you being an efficient passer. And that's something uh, I didn't see from Jump at all. And in Jones, it was widely inconsistent and everything. So I, I want to see what happens. And Abby Myers, like you mentioned, that, that it is a part of her game. So that's what has her out of first round, just being able to contribute on multiple levels. I have all three in the I – don't, I don't have any prospects ranked after 12. I just think it's it's – there's, there's a small gap between all of them. I'd like to see more with this senior season to see who separates themselves, really. But we can move on to our, our last wing player. At this point, I have, I have as a first-rounder. That's Maddie Williams from Oklahoma, a 5'11 um, wing. I, she, I consider her more of like a utility wing. She provides so much with her strength-based creation. Um, and one, like, nerdy thing I like with her, I think she has a lot of value as, like, a guard screener. I think, like, she's just so strong and physical. Mm -hmm. I think there's like when you compare to the other the other wing prospects we've mentioned, they're more skinny, um, they're more like finesse based. Where like Maddie Williams would drive the hoop, put her like she'll put her shoulder down and finish. But one thing that like probably separates her is her defense is just not being like the most mobile, moving around screens. So teams will have to, I would say, try to move her off ball and just try to like hide her on ball defense and just as just like a roamer with her processing and. Um, or smart feel for the game overall is just something I value with wings. And she's older, so I think we'll just see her uh, thrive uh, once again. But I think I think another part of her game I like is just her passing. I think she has some upside there. But, mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, she, still, she's a true oh, kind of wing there. Oh, no, no, no. What are you going to say? 
Oh, just like the passing, uh, that's one thing that threw me off. Like, again, had her moments, had her spurts, but hasn't finished uh, with an assist to turnover rating one or above yet. Like, it, it just isn't there quite yet. And Oklahoma had the scores to be able to, to dish out to. So that's something I would definitely want to see it improve uh, in her senior season before drafting her too much, before putting her too higher on the, the draft board. So right now, yeah, she's a low third round to me, but definitely could improve the, the talents there. And like you were saying, Hunter, there's not a lot separating, I would say, starting from like 11 uh, to potentially 30. Like there's just a lot of prospects grouped together and it makes it a, a lot of fun that it's going to be interesting to see who stands out and who's going to up their game this season. I think this is the player that we might be farthest apart on because I'm – I'm a little lower than Hunter, but I'm definitely a lot higher than you. I got her late first round, high second round grade. So I, I had her a little lower than that, than that last year, This, uh, before she came back, or announced she was coming back for her fifth year because of that COVID eligibility. You know, last year's was a deeper class. But I think, I think probably the main reason I'm higher is I think there's just context that plays in here. Like Oklahoma, they're, they had really one true point guard on the roster last year, and it was a 5'5 freshman who missed a good chunk of the season. Um, around that, I believe around the middle of the season with an injury, and you know the Big Twelve is uh, the Big Twelve is going to punish you if you don't quite have the size there. It was a little rough of an adjustment for her. She was, and when she was off the court, it basically came down to Maddie Williams and Taylor Robertson generating their offense. Taylor Robertson is an unbelievable shooter, but also maybe the slowest player in Division One, at least at the guards, at the guard spot. Like Maddie Williams had to generate a lot of offense. I hope that that. Uh, that usage and that responsibility wouldn't fall on her shoulders at a higher level because there's a lot here to like. Just her athleticism, is, her athleticism is unbelievable. Her ability to get to the rim and just play through contact is great. She gets to the line so well. And remember, Oklahoma changed head coaches last year. They had Sherry Cole there for a while, who was very successful in her early years and very not so successful in the later years. And you could you could see the clear change of coaching when Jenny Baranchik came over from Drake and suddenly this the offense ignited. It was mostly the same personnel the year before and the offense ignited. Maddie Williams, here are her three-point attempts per 40 minutes for a career. Four years. First year, one, two, two. Last year, five and a half. Her, her shooting form is gorgeous. Her, her upper body shooting form is gorgeous. And yet she only hit about 31% last year. I think she just needs to, she just needs more reps. Honestly, she hasn't taken that many. If she just gets more consistent with the footwork, I think we could see a really good offensive player here. So do you think it's something like Osborne where like it was overexerting herself and just wasn't able to play like to her strengths as much and had to try to fill in the holes on that offense? I think it was a combination of that and just, you know, finding herself in a different role after three years in college. Yeah, I noticed that she was like, I think what you mentioned with the rest of the turnover ratio, she was just so hyper-aggressive sometimes. Mm -hmm. Her role was so large where she would like, I think she like, she um, committed a lot of charges, I would say, just like with her strength, like that just comes with it. We'll see with like, like LeBron, for example, that he'll get charge calls. It's not, it's not because it's by a foul. It's just, he's so strong that it just, it, it, it exaggerates the point. Last point with her. I just think like what we've seen with a lot of these prospects is they're playing like out of their role at the pros. Like 
we're, we're talking about role players and we're talking about like their current college roles where they're like high usage wing creators, which is not really what they're going to be asked to do at the next level. Like outside of like, I would say the top four picks, I don't see any of these players being like a number one, two or three on a championship team. Um, more just connecting pieces. That's the hope with them, bench pieces. But my like my thing on Maddie Williams, I, I wouldn't have her with a traditional first round grade. I have her at eleven. I don't think there's I don't think there's like I don't think there's twelve like first rounders like in this class in, a, in like a main class, for example. Like if she was last year, she'd probably be in the second round easily. But yeah, the grade I have on Maddie Williams right now, it puts her around the turn of the first round, second round. Last year, it would have put her around 17 or 16, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe a little lower. So this class is just a, um, not as much not as much depth. That's what makes it interesting, trying to see who's going to separate themselves um, as we continue uh, on with the season kicking off here shortly. So mm. thanks for making lots Only of Only four? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We got to work on these outros. Yeah, we got to work on the outros. Thanks for making Lockton Wins Basketball your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.